1: Well, where I am weak, he is strong, and today that would be my voice. I've been battling a case of laryngitis, so I have some help with me this morning. We have our normal first Saturday partner, our Christian insurance guy, Bill Mixon. Good morning. We also have here my good friend and the host of the Mask and Journey radio show, Darren Coon.
2: Hey, Robbie. I'm happy to be here and serve partially as your voice this morning.
1: Robbie, it's
3: the first Saturday of the month where we highlight our uh, Jesus labor of love ministry, free car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. You know, with that said, I was thinking about what I was gonna discuss this morning. And I remember my first term as elder brought me to Forsyth Hospital to see some friends from church. While I was there, God reminded me that the father of a new friend of my daughter was also in the hospital. He had a golf ball-sized tumor in his brain. Brian was one of the first people I was allowed to see except Jesus as Savior. We became great friends. We spent a great deal of time together over his final year. He never spoke of the fear of dying with me, but he did speak of the concerns he had about spending quality of time with his children and concerns about his wife being able to take care of her financial responsibilities. I hope we'll have a chance to get back to that later in the show.
1: I am look forward to that. Well,
2: today, Robbie, also we've got a very special treat for the listeners of The Christian Car Guy. And speaking of Jesus' labor of love, we have Miriam Neff with us, who is the founder of thewidowconnection.com, a website, but way more than a website. Uh, it's a resource for widowers and really anybody going through a major life transition. Miriam uh, is the author of one book, uh, from widow uh from one widow to another, and then also, where do I go from here and I, I've been perusing that book over the last uh few hours, and really, really have enjoyed it and uh Miriam, welcome to the show.
4: It is so good to join you, and I'm here in the Chicago area. it's a little bit nippy, but uh, I've still got my voice, so we'll we'll help you along there, and you sound great to me,
1: oh well, we're doing what we can, Miriam. <laughs> Certainly well, God. you know what would
4: be a good cure for you? Next week I'm going to Africa, and it'll be about 100 degrees in the villages where I'm serving there. That would probably cure that.
1: No, it probably would. It might, it might cause some other stuff. But certainly <laughs> God has a special eye towards the widows. And Actually, the word widow is mentioned 50 times in the Scriptures, scripture usually in connection with God's people looking after the widow's needs.
3: One widow was given a special honor of being the first to recognize the Messiah. That was the widow Anna at the temple.
2: Yeah, and Jesus also recognized that uh, widows were very big givers. Um, One of the ones that he recognizes is obviously the widow's might.
3: Let's see. Another example of Jesus' high view of widows was the parable of the persistent widow. You know,
4: I love these scriptures, because when I became a widow and had so many needs, one of the things that I was able to do was go and find out God hadn't forgotten me, and he cared very much about me, and he wanted me to be a great woman of prayer. We see that with Anna, and a generous person, but he was first going to have to really Fill up a lot of voids in my life, which he has done. But I just love it the way you're bringing up scripture of what God thinks of us. He loves us intensely.
2: Well, he does, Miriam. And, you know, as I was looking through not just uh, your books, but uh, the website and the seven tips that we're going to have you give to us later on in the show, one of the things that really hit me was, is so many people are scared to ask the wrong question. They're scared to make the wrong statement. And so today is going to be a great chance for our listeners. Uh, This is a live show, so we're going to ask people to call in, and they will have the opportunity to ask the awkward question, because you're not going to be offended by that, right, Miriam? You're going to be able to educate us and help us. And uh, my years as a pastor, um, I worked through this with a lot of different people, and I am thrilled about your book. And I, I just automatically this morning uh, thought of about 20 different people that I could recommend, especially where do we go from here
1: to. So we need you to call in today if you've got that awkward question, 866 348 Or for the digitally gifted, certainly 866-34-TRUTH. Really, this is your chance to engage someone who, this is their ministry and they're trying to help us all understand better Now, what we need to do to see widows through God's eyes.
3: And at the bottom of the hour, we will get an update from Vic Hill, our lead volunteer for the Jesus Labor and Love Ministry. Free car car repair labor for single moms and widows across the country.
2: And then uh, later on in the show, as I mentioned, we are going to have Miriam... Uh, give her seven tips to help widows. And I am telling you, you do not want to miss this. And it's not just widows. And that's that's one of the really cool things about the, the next book or, or this other book, where do we go from here, that Miriam has written is that this is for anybody who has experienced some loss. And yeah, there are some awkward questions, but she's going to go through seven tips and and these are great tips. You will not want to miss this.
4: Well, then, and Robbie, I can say that when I became a widow and, and I was a professional counselor in my career and I began to realize these great truths of you know ways that we could help each other and there's no one that can say I understand like someone that's been on the journey that you've been on. That's but sure. then we began to realize these principles are biblical that apply to anyone who's had a big loss, you know foreclosure, bankruptcy, divorce, or being abandoned in a relationship, So, you know, God has been so incredibly kind, and he's taught me on the the journey I didn't want to take, but yet it's a journey that's a true blessing now. And so I can speak from reality on this.
1: That's going to be so cool.
3: I'm looking forward to the appraisal by the Real Black Book at the end of the show, Robbie. That's always one of my favorite parts.
1: That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, crowd for discernment, lift up, voice up for understanding.
2: Well, God showed Robbie a connection between uh, communion and widows and depending on his voice or uh or the lack thereof either he or i will share that with
1: uh our listeners towards the end of the show all right and we actually have a caller already judy in uh traverse city is calling in well uh she's got some car repair issues but as always you remember that the christian car guy we hope is changing the way people look at their cars they need tender, nubbing care. They need a name like Old Red.
2: Well, I got a name for my car last week. <laughs> on, on last week's show, it was called Hercules, but Sh- Sheila wasn't excited about the name of her car, Robbie. Oh. But. Uh,
1: and think about it. You see old tractors, they've been out in the elements since the 1940s. They're still running. Why do you think? Well, truth is, if you maintain a car, it lasts as long as you do.
3: Cars need to be safe and driven safely. We need to wear our seatbelts. We need to not speed. If you were truly following Jesus, in other words, he was driving the car ahead of you, you wouldn't speed then, would you?
2: I really struggle with this one, Robbie, but you know, it is estimated that Americans waste 200 million gallons of gas a week on speeding. And again, this is a live show, so please call in with any questions. We've got Judy on the line now. But uh, today, we've got Miriam as well with The Widow Connection, To help us understand not just the widow's plight, but anyone's plight who has gone through some major change, you can call in at 866-348-7884 or 866-348 or 34-TRUTH.
3: We want you to call in, and if you've got more questions, you can go to ChristianCarGuy.com and find out about what's being talked about on today's show or any of the previous shows, uh, Miriam's ministries listed there Jesus labor of love and the car repair Questions you have that you have one of the specialists you can email to us and we will be glad to get back to you And help you with your concerns or questions
1: All right, we got Judy is in Traverse City, Michigan. Judy. You're on the Christian car guys show. Good morning Good morning How can we help you?
0: Um, I have a question Um, about a 2000 Pontiac Bonneville. Okay. And um, I had, uh, it's uh, five years ago, I had replaced the lower intake manifold gasket, and they installed new plenum and throttle. And it is needing to be done again. Is that something that's normal with this car?
1: Is it a 3.8 V6? Yeah. Is, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it isn't abnormal. That's for sure. That that, that has been an issue, um, and because it has, um, that would be something that I would contact General Motors uh, or your or your dealer there to see if they might give you some help, since it's the second repair and you can document that. That's a great question judy i appreciate you calling in when we come back we got so much more miriam niff you got a question for a widow we would love to hear from you thank you for calling in judy and we need to hear from you 866 348 7884 34 truth so much more coming up
2: Welcome back to the Christian Car Guy show and obviously this voice is not the voice of Robbie Dillmore and Robbie doesn't actually have much of a voice today so Darren Coon here uh, with Bill Mixon and Robbie uh, his body's here his voice is someplace else this morning and we've got uh, a lovely lady Miriam Neff who has an important ministry. Miriam is a is a nationally uh, syndicated radio feature uh as well has that going uh I think those are 1 minute segments aren't they Miriam
4: Yes it's new beginnings and basically it's a 1 minute feature encouraging people who are starting over no matter what what the reason is some of them wanted some of them unwanted but it's also biblically based and it's uh, said from a person's perspective who's been through a lot of those Right That would be me
2: Right Well as I said earlier, I, uh, we would love to hear a little bit about your story, about how this ministry began. And, uh, as a lifelong pastor, I, I don't do that anymore. I, I have another ministry to, to men and families, but, um, a lot of my ministry obviously was walking through these types of things. And as I read through the seven tips that Robbie has, listed on the com. You can go there, you can download podcasts of this show and others while you're there. But uh, Miriam has those seven steps. But before we get to those seven tips, Miriam, just tell us a little bit about your story.
4: Well, I I met an amazing man at Indiana University, uh, Bob Neff, and we married uh, when I was a teenager. And uh, God really, I think, blessed us incredibly. He finished his studies there and I came with him to Chicago. He felt a calling to be a Christian broadcaster. And he did that through 40 years leading Moody Broadcasting. And I know the Epperson's and other people in broadcasting knew him. And I thought at this stage of my life, after my career of being a professional counselor and we raised four kids, uh, two born to us, two adopted, that at this stage I'd be traveling the world with this wonderful man. And seven years ago, uh, he went to heaven via Lou Gehrig's disease or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. I thought that I knew what my life would be. I thought, uh, and of course, and I became a believer at age 21. So I thought, well, you just weather things. And I found out this great loss, just, just really. Uh, caught me off guard in so many ways of grieving and being vulnerable and people trying to take advantage financially and uh, just so many things I didn't know how to do. And I reached out to God, and it's like, God loves me, but why aren't there ministries through the church or somehow to help people like me? And you know what happens when you find a void because you're living in it? God kind of taps you on the shoulder after a little bit, and says, hey, what are you going to do about it? And we started first with a website, which is financially, you know, easy, and that doesn't take a lot to do. And as people begin to go to the website and get encouragement on grief and financial budgeting tools and things like that, that they that they need, I know, because I live this. This is, this is the stuff we need to have immediately. And people began to be blessed by that. And then we were blessed to do more. And We've now have some books out, as you've said, and we do the one minute uh, new beginnings so that people can be encouraged. And now we go to Africa regularly and we train young widows there, and there are many of them because of AIDS and the wars and, and conflict. Uh, they have dependents, they can't feed. They live in terrible circumstances. We train them with the skill of tailoring. Widow Connection buys the machines, we pay the trainer and when they graduate they can be self-sustaining in their village or in their community wow. and they don't have to have children going hungry they can buy they can buy fabric and and make school uniforms and sell that at a profit they can make african clothing I just love being there and seeing how we can empower these women. So you asked me a short question; I gave you maybe no, a long answer. No,
2: but that's, that's a not, great no. answer, Miriam. But one that's, of the things that,
1: that that you do that I think is so critical, um, and I and I noticed it immediately when I became connected with your ministry. And I wish I had more voice to take us there. But was your connection to the church itself that there you saw a hole within the body of Christ? as a ministry to widows which you know that would not be jesus's eyes he loves widows and he Mm -hmm. he would love us to engage that so you have a church resource can you share what that is
4: well i found you know looking you you look to your church and for most part churches are busy they may care about us but they don't have staff to start something or whatever and i began a, a group in my own church and we would meet once a month and study the Word, and then we'd pray for each other. And just as widows, we could comfort each other, and our average age is 52. There are young women there. Uh, We also found that some women whose husbands were not in the picture would come and gain comfort there. And so I... You know, did some Bible studying, and and I loved to do that and had some lessons prepared. And then I would say to these other churches, you need to do this, you need to do this. And they'd basically look at me in love and tell me why they couldn't. And then we decided, you know what, we'll create a tool. And so we created a Bible study series. Uh, The one that's available now has five lessons in it. All you need is a DVD player and maybe a pot of coffee, and it can be at church in a special room, or you can go to a library or be in a home. But basically, you don't need to have a staff person or someone to teach it. Put that DVD in, and there I talk. I share the Word of God, and also I interview other young uh, young and middle-aged and people like me, widows, and what we've experienced. One of the lessons is all on finances, We talk a little bit about cars, by the way, because that's an area of vulnerability for us. We talk about these practical things, and then there's an accompanying journal, because most of us like to kind of like write our notes and talk a little bit about our experience of the week and maybe write notes about the other people we're praying for that day. So that packet uh, really makes it so a church can serve their widows and let them comfort each other and really become who we're supposed to be we're supposed to be these strong praying generous people
1: and, we, and what we, a resource that is i, I have several of them myself that you sent me which are just absolutely beautiful but we want to make sure you know that you can go to dot and there that packet will be just like the two books are available that you may know a widow or somebody that you want to put that book in their hands this resource is for your church so you can engage because again part of the jesus labor love for single moms and widows our heart to see people as God sees them right and that that one of the things that we that became glaringly obvious to me when I did this show that I never would have guessed is how many widows approached me with car questions Mm -hmm. that and and I saw the emails pouring in and that's part of how God prompted me to start the Jesus labor love so that widows would have resources well and when I went to
2: christiancarguy.com this morning to to look at this after you had called and said hey Darren I may not have a voice can you come help me Um, I was just blown away with the uh, intricate levels in which your website goes to Miriam and and all the different ways uh, that you put these things in here from financial to the beginning to mission and purpose and all these different things that people tend to think might go
1: away but they don't all right. Well, we have so much more coming for you. We still have her seven tips. We got Bill Mix's story. We got Vic Hill, our Jesus Labor Love volunteer. He's going to give an update on what's going on with him. You're going to want to stay tuned for all that, but you're want to call with your question, 866-348-7884. We need to learn from your questions.
2: back to the Christian Car Guy radio show, and uh, obviously this is the voice of Darren Kuhn, not Robbie Dilmore, the Christian Car Guy. Robbie, it it really was a lifelong dream of mine when you called me yesterday and said, hey, would you be willing to help me on the Christian? I mean, I have always wanted to have a national format to talk about (laughs) my car issues, and mainly all of my pet peeves of other people's <laughs> driving, but I guess that's not really the topic that's of the show today. Here today, so we're going to move no. on. Um, I am actually going to go to a man who's probably a much safer driver than I am, and that is Bill Mixon. Bill has a story to share with us.
3: I have the privilege of not only protecting people from financial loss due to fire and or an auto accident, also blessed with the opportunity to assist people to be financially prepared because of premature death. Many people are very concerned about how much insurance they carry on their car and how much they carry on their home, but many more fail to understand the value of the income it takes to pay for those things and how important it is to ensure that income potential. People often are more concerned about their auto and home insurance than their life insurance. Please remember, many people never have an auto or a homeowner's insurance claim, but everybody dies. A checklist or a discussion to have with yourself and your spouse, your children, and your financial planner should include some items like, where are my accounts records kept? Where are my passwords kept? Will people know where my money is, which banks I use, where my valuable papers are kept, where my bank account numbers are, where my IRA is, how much money I owe and how much money do we have as a family, where's my life insurance and how much do I have, where are my IRAs and how much are in them, some financial plans have life insurance attached to them, where's my health insurance and my health insurance papers and who do I, my people call, who does my, my wife call? To get health insurance questions answered. More importantly is, do I have a will and a power of attorney? Have I taken the time to have a health care power of attorney? A lot of families are really ripped apart when somebody is on their deathbed and there's a discussion about how much time, energy, money, and effort yeah. should be put into making those awful decisions. Mm-hmm. Do I have a living will to help answer those questions and to keep one sibling from another sibling coming to blows do my survivors know where to go get legal advice who do they call to answer some of those difficult questions when i'm not there to help point them in the right direction i know with my small business it's going to take somebody to help them unravel those and close the doors in many families one partner takes care of all the bill paying Does the other partner even know what our monthly expenses are and how much money they need? In some states, when one person passes away, the banks close the accounts. Have Mm. you sat down with your banker and said, if one of us passes away, what do we have to go through to be able to get to our money? Mm. Are the accounts set up with the right, what's the word? Um, You can set up an account in different ways of ownership, Right. And some of those will allow half of the money to be available. Mm. Do you know how to apply for the life insurance benefits you've got so that that money comes in quickly when you need it? You've got to sit down and do these things ahead of time. Or I've seen it in my family and I've seen it in other families, being an elder in the church, all kinds of turmoil can go through because there wasn't a little bit of planning done ahead of time.
1: All right, we want to get a, an update. We have this Jesus Labor Love program at the Christian Car Guy Ministry that, that really is, is a blessing. We're able to help single moms, widows across the country with car repair. But every once in a while, we have our own issues. And this month, it's been kind of a difficult struggle for us because our lead volunteer, Vic Hill, who normally all this stuff goes through, I send it to him, and then he, he distributes it. He's had his own issues. We've got him on the phone with us. Good morning, Vic. Vic, I'm not the only one who's been a little bit under the weather.
0: <laughs> well, once in a while, us old guys get under the weather. Not not saying that you're old, but uh, on this side it is.
1: I know. Well, I,
0: everything's, I, everything's better now.
1: Well, we appreciate a lot of folks' prayers. Vic's had a bit of an issue with his heart. He's got another procedure coming up, right?
0: Uh, yeah, maybe two. But uh, I think I'm on, on the, uh, what do you say, coasting side of the hill. It's, uh, it's not a struggle now. It's just I've I got to behave and, and wait for uh, certain things to be done so I can have these procedures done. But I, I really appreciate all the prayers. I could feel them. Uh, the doctor said, you know, uh, three times in a hospital, and, and every time they've been amazed at how quick that I come back, and I know it's because of the prayers and God's help.
1: And, and it's a good way for me to highlight we have a labor of love prayer team. These, these folks volunteered. They went to christiancarguy.com or they went to jesusislaborlove.com, and they, they, there's a volunteer form. And you don't need to know anything about cars. You, you, if you just have a heart for single moms and widows and that kind of thing, and you want to help us with our ministry, you can go to that. And I would love to put you on our prayer team and so that you would know, look, we got a need is in St. John's, Michigan, or we got a need in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Would you help us pray for these people? Or in the case sometimes, like Vic this month we had a we had a health need with Vic or Robbie's <laughs> voice however that may work <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can uh you can go there and do that so again we're going to urge you to go to christiancarguy.com look at our Jesus labor of love um car repair outlets this is huge isn't it Vic because the way that they you can help our ministry is by patronizing these guys right. who are giving the free labor to other people right Vic right
0: and and by patronizing those guys that are that are you know Humping all the work and doing it for nothing—it's uh, a payback to them, and it's a, a good feeling that you'll have uh, once you know how this thing works. A lot of people doesn't understand really how it works, but once you know, uh, you can be a real integral part of making this whole thing work. And it's a—it's a great, great program, and and you can't believe how much how much help it gives the individual.
1: All right. So you can go to ChristianCarguy.com. You can look at the outlets, repair outlets that are listed there under the Jesus Labor Love page and go gee and and while you're there say hey, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for single moms and widows. It means so much to them. Thank you Vic for being on with me. You, you're there in in neither rain nor sleet. <laughs> Thanks Vic. God bless you. You know hey, Robbie. I hope your voice is
0: better buddy. Uh, I'll give a prayer for you. Uh,
2: as a as a customer um I'm not You know, Not to say that other repair shops or whatever would be unethical necessarily, but when I go to that list and I look at the people that are on there and that are willing to do something for free, um, that tells me at least something about the heart of that person that owns that shop, runs that shop, manages that shop, and that gives me enough information to know that you know what, I think I can probably trust them with my vehicle as well.
1: Right. Well, Miriam, I appreciate you being patient with us, holding on, but it's time for those seven tips so you can just fire away when ready.
4: Well, I'll tell you, you know, people mean well sometimes, but they don't know what to say. And so I've just made some real brief little things here. And I'll tell you, the first thing I would say is stay connected. If you don't know what to say, don't stay away. Mm -hmm. Still stay connected. Make the phone call. There's a huge hole in her universe, and she needs you to stay there. Yeah. I also say the second thing is say that you're sorry for our loss because some people say, well, I don't want to say anything because it'll remind them and they'll make them sad and they might cry. Guess what? We're thinking about our loss. It's kind of there. And for someone not to say anything is kind of like, don't they know (laughs) know, what I've gone through? And it's always appropriate to say, I'm just sorry for your
2: loss. Right. Miriam, that's when I was reading through this list, this is Darren, when I was reading through this list, I love the fact that you say, do not assume we need space to grieve um it, there's truth to that you you do need some space, but don't assume that that space is alone um and and again, you know, saying you're sorry and I love what you said there that you know people don't understand that. You know, you're asking that question, don't they know what I'm going through? And this is, you know, I've had this conversation with people when they've lost a child. Unfortunately, I've done way too many funerals for teenagers who died in car wrecks or car crashes and things like that. And and one of the things I talk to their friends and their family about is look, you're gonna be walking through the mall or through some shopping center next week and everybody around you is gonna be laughing and having a good time and all of that and this thought's gonna hit you. Why are they so happy? My world is crashing down around me. Why don't they understand? And so just this act of saying, hey, I'm sorry for your loss says to them, oh, I do understand that your world is kind of crashing down around you. But uh, and then, um, uh, you know, do call and ask specifically. Tip number three. I love that. Um, Don't say call if you need anything. Talk about that for a minute.
4: Well, the, first of all, our arm is going to be too much in pain and too weary to pick up the phone. Mm. And so for someone to call and say, just want to stop over with uh, a loaf of banana bread, or if you don't bake, that's fine, go to Panera or whatever. <laughs> to have. And it's not that we need the loaf of bread. It's right. that it shows that we're being thought of. Or say, can I stop by and we'll just go for a walk around a couple blocks or down the road or whatever, Or uh, meet me for coffee at at this coffee shop. Give something specific. And now the person may say no for a little while, but don't stop asking, because at some point that is going to be her lifeline. Or if it's a guy who's going through a deep valley of grief, they're going to need you around or the wrong people will step in and take advantage of that void. Right. And in that time, don't hesitate to talk about the person who has, who has passed away. Don't hesitate to talk about the favorite food they might have liked, or in a Chinese restaurant, I'll say, yeah, Bob would have ordered the sweet sour pork, and we all laugh. You know, Don't hesitate to speak of those that, that are already on our mind, mm-hmm. and if it's someone who knew them well and remembers a joke they told or something about them, that's very comforting to us especially in the first couple, even three years, or to remind a parent, this is what I remember about your teenager, this is what I remember about your child. That, that's comforting stuff.
2: Yeah, to know that, that you understand or that other people know that that person you love so much made a difference in other people's world. I oh, mean, it, huge. it's huge.
4: It's huge. And then I say, invite me to anything. Now, at first, if you invite me back to couples, dinners and things like that, I may say no for a while, but now I've come to where I enjoy being at couples things. Right. So again, invite me to anything. Invite me to a concert, you know, because again, a big space in our calendar is empty. A big part of our social life is empty. Much of my life was uh, peed around Bob's work uh, events and his hobbies and things like that. Well, all of that disappeared in a moment. Mm-hmm. So we have time, and it's good to do some new things. I've started hiking with, with new uh, other women. We've hiked in Acadia, Maine. We've hiked in Oregon. You know, there, there's some new things to do, and I did that because a friend said, you know what, you're going to want to like this hiking group, and I love it.
2: <laughs> well, I love the fact that you say don't, don't, don't assume again. The, I think the assumptions are, are probably the enemy of the widow, the enemy of the person going through transition, is for right, people to they, assume certain things. And you say, right. don't assume that we don't want to participate in couples' events. Don't assume that we don't want to participate in gatherings anymore.
4: Exactly. And you never know whether your assumption is accurate unless you get to know that person and listen to them. This is not a time to tell them your story of your loss, mm-hmm. of your favorite grandmother or your aunt or whatever. Sometimes we want to say, oh, I so understand. And you know what? I, this is what I went through. At that time, that's not the time to share your story. They're carrying as much burden as they can right now.
2: Right. And there, there will be a time when the two of you can talk about those things, but, but right now is probably not that time. Right now is a, a time to be a listener, a time to uh, affirm the way they're feeling about things.
1: When you say that don't assume that, that somebody goes through the grief process, that's, I guess, number six, by, by the book, what does that look like?
4: Well, as a professional counselor, there was a grief, there were stages of grief that we memorized and were quizzed on, and a lot of people know them. It's been published. And you know what? The stages of grief don't fit all people. And in fact, now they've come to realize that, you know what? The stages of grief really, it doesn't quite happen that way. It might have for several people. But sometimes people say, well, okay, they're in denial now, and in a little while they're going to be in this and this. Mm-hmm. No, you know what, there are some women who for a I know one woman who after her husband died didn't weep for two years and people felt she didn't love her husband and judged her for that. Yeah. At the end of two years, all barriers broke down and she grieved and she went through and you know what? People judged her wrongly. She loved her husband. She was going through the stages in her way in her time.
2: As as you're saying that, Miriam, I picture in my mind and, and I've, I've come into that same experience. It's more like a puzzle than a list of one, two, three, four, five in succession.
1: All right. We still have our appraisal by the Real Black Book. We're going to see if Robbie can get any part of that in. And we've got the seventh tip. And we need you to call. Maybe you have that awkward situation that Miriam can help you with. 866-348-7884. Thank you for listening. we got a lot more to come.
4: We are ready
3: for my favorite part of the Christian Car Guy radio show, appraisal by The Real Black Book. That's where we search for the Bible, for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, and lift our voice up for understanding. Let's see how Robbie's voice does.
2: Well, you know, God showed Robbie a connection between communion and widows. So, Robbie, what in the world is the connection between communion and
1: widows? Well, Darren, as you know, I, pre- I am preparing for this boot camp, this amazing thing that Darren's ministry does coming up next week on April 11th through the 14th. And part of that is we have a talk on the larger story. Yeah. And that we live in this small story and, you know, kind of my world but there's this big, huge thing that's going on. It's the eternal story. And, and it's been going on way before I showed up and it's going on way after I showed up. But a big part of the way that I get to take part in that larger story is through communion, communing with God. And, and, of course, part of that is the bread and the wine that Jesus told us to remember him in. But that communion with God is a big way I take part in the larger story. Well, I was thinking about this word communion, communion, communion. And all of a sudden I went, hey, wait a minute. Community is a big part of communion because as God gives us his vision for communion, he also gives us community to help out single moms and widows that are in that community. Now I have to tell the story really quickly. I'll do my best. But when I was a boy scout, I had these, these group that I was given because I was the boy scout with, with experience. So they gave me all the kids that didn't fit in anybody else's platoon or our true uh, patrol so I got the bedwetters, I got the fat kid, I got the, the kid that was skinny, the wimp, the, you know, all those things, all those kids, they put him in my platoon and everybody called us losers and they laughed at us and all that went on for two years until one day they had this thing called a Klondike Derby. And the Klondike Derby, you have to take the sled and take it through the snow to these different stations. But well, this moment in time, this group of what everybody thought were losers, God had given them each something very individual, their own individual Boy Scout glory as it was, the kid who wet the bed happened to be great at lashing. The kid who, one of those kids was kind of a maniac, and he could make a fire out of nothing. I think he was actually a pyromaniac. <laughs> and so he could make a fire, and then, and then there was another kid. He could use the compass like there was nobody. He knew how to use a compass. Well, this day it was snowing so mm-hmm. that you couldn't even see two feet in front of you. Wow. So when we got out there, we had the kid that knew how to use the compass. He took us right to the station. What, what was the station we were supposed to do when we got there? Build a fire. Oh well, guess what? We got this lunatic. He builds a fire in twenty seconds with two matches. Then we go to the next station, and they we have to lash. Well, then being teenage or fourteen year old kids, you know, we start to sledding, thinking we're losers. There's no way we're winning this thing. When we come back in, everybody is cheering. The Rattlesnake Patrol has won the the Klondike (laughs) Derby, and we've been sledding for the last two hours. We're trying to figure out why. Well, the thing is, God had taken that community, Mm -hmm. and within that community, we made something special yes and it's that way with the body of christ that we're all losers to whatever extent we are and god gives us each a way if we connect in community to to get next to widows but we do have marvin and winston-salem he's got a question for miriam marvin you're on the christian car Guy show good morning
0: Ah, uh, good morning
1: <clears throat> so Mar-
4: there marvin hi how are you good doing well what's your question today
0: Okay, well, uh, the question is uh, based on my having heard a lot about what is available for widows, and also knowing that there is an abundance of uh, help for women in general, and especially if they are single mothers. Uh, However, uh, when it comes to the guys, usually we're brought up short. And from what I know about the Bible, that everything that goes into the storehouse is to be for the benefit of the total body of Christ and not just for uh, women. And I know that this is not all of what this is about. Uh, Your show is about just to benefit the female population.
1: However,
0: I'm seeking resources as to what's out there for the guys.
1: Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up, Marvin. We do. If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, it says that the jesus labor love is for single moms widows and families in crisis and that would be a single man anybody in crisis or a minister or whatever so those resources are available to you you just fill out the neat the information form like like anybody else but also if you go to christiancarguy.com you'll see a link to miriam's website and she has lots of resources for widowers or mm-hmm. men that are going through that kind of thing as well i really appreciate your call marvin that is right on target Amazing well, stuff. Well, and let
4: me add that that resource that comes to the storehouse is to go out based on need. And women's financial plight, widows', widows financial yeah, we, numbers are worse
1: than we widowers'. Got, I'm sorry, Miriam, we got to run. We want to thank you for being on the Christian Car Guy show. Remember, remind folks, go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Check out that resource. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Bill. And look into your communion with God for your community. See, widows is God season. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.